Welcome back to season three of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I have my esteemed co-host, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up? What up? What up? He's your comics guy and your wrestling guy and (laughs) just the guy. We have Janelle Wheeler. What's up, everybody? Famed songbird slash geek (laughs) acolyte. And of course, Mr. Jim Viscardi is back with us, aka hello, 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 folks. Producer Jim Viscardi, you see him on all the podcasts. He's here. He's on a wild Pokemon has appeared. He's on Phase Zero. You are and, on uh, podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's building a universe. He's the Kevin Feige <laughs> of this whole thing, so he's he's getting his Infinity Stones together. I'm so the, uh, I'm the connective thread. Yeah, there you go. I mean. I don't know. Are you the Feige, Nick Fury? I don't know. I don't know. You're just all wrapped into one, I guess. But uh, we had to get out the experts today because (laughs) we got a lot of real hard geeking we got to do today, guys. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. We got to talk about that Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, of course. We got to get into some spoilers, talk about that, that WandaVision Quicksilver reveal and a crazy bunch of theories. We've gone full tinfoil hat over at comicbook.com, and we got to talk about some of these things we're cooking up in terms of the theories as we come down this last stretch of uh, WandaVision. Plus, we got to talk about that Justice League Snyder Cut Joker reveal. Janelle's got to go off, Let's go! as promised, so you guys got to <laughs> stick around for that. There's a lot to say. And we got to talk about the latest books for Marvel in DC Future State. Plus, Matt and Jim are going to catch you up on what's been happening in the world of wrestling. So, like I said, we got a lot of hard geeking to do. So, strap in because this is the show to do it on. All right, guys, right at the top, let's talk about that Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. It came out during the Super Bowl, it crushed it. Uh, most views, I think, in like what, 24 hours for any streaming series ever. Uh, so, Mar- Marvel once again just redefining the game. What did you guys think? Jim, I know you have thoughts. Let's just start with you and get them out. This will lead to the larger the grenade fight. out yeah, of yeah, the way. Lead to the larger fight right now, Jim. <laughs> no, look, I I really I really liked it. I mean, it's it's a totally different tone. It felt it felt way more straightforward than uh, obviously WandaVision. We we understand why, and there's it's supposed to be a different show. I think this just goes to show the variety of what Disney and Marvel look to bring. Uh, us as fans um, when it comes to Marvel tell you know television show content or streaming content I guess like it, it feels weird to call it a television show like you're watching it on your TV but it's not a traditional television show so I guess just streaming show who the hell knows um, <laughs> but I think it's it, it it's interesting I feel like like WandaVision though we are really only like scratching the surface on what uh they are are showing i think i thought um it was interesting to get more more zemo they keep showing us the same shot of a u.s agent um and you know obviously we got more falcon and uh bucky content which was great but it it didn't really tell us what it was about yeah absolutely Yeah, I was going to point that out. And we have some questions. We're going to break down some kind of theories we have coming out of this trailer. Like, first of all, who is the villain of this? We still don't know. We've seen some scary people with uh, their little uh, hand face mask. You know, they're running around. They're looking like they're up to trouble. We've seen Zemo carrying his purple mask. Everybody's got masks. You know, we don't know (laughs) what this all means. 
Um, but they are doing a good job of kind of circling kind of the, the central thing. Uh, one of my big questions coming out of the trailer was, you know, Zemo gets that whole speech about, you know, I'm not going to leave my work unfinished and somebody saying like heroes can't be allowed to rise. And like, who is that person? Who is he talking to? We have yeah. no clue who this person is and like what's going on. And like, who, like, he sounds like a person who talks dialogue. to himself. Yeah. It's a, it's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> the camera pans. And it's it's just going, he's mirror. going full William <laughs> Defoe from a uh, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, uh, he could be talking to Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, uh, there's somebody talking to him is the person mm. saying like, it's, it's almost like he's being directed by somebody who's mm. saying like, this can't be allowed to stand. Like heroes can't be allowed to like return a rise or whatever it specifically they say. And Zemo then responds with, I'm not going to leave my work unfinished, which was breaking heroes, breaking the Avengers and kind of psychologically mind screwing them. And, uh, and then we see that, but we're all like, oh my God, the purple mask. And that's how you know, <laughs> Kevin Feige's getting. It looks it, so, so good. His look looks like it could be so easily terribly done. Mm-hmm. And it looks really good. Like that's, that's a hard look to actually get. It's kind of like Taskmaster. Like it's a look that works in comics, but is more difficult to adapt to a film. They did a really good job, I thought. It's nice. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. We also found out this is going to be the most kind of adult-oriented Marvel series so far. Wow. Um, It's getting an adult rating for, like, a TV series, which is, uh, you know, that's pretty eye-opening. It means I feel like things could get uh, pretty violent and kind of dark in this thing, just like WandaVision, and I'm kind of, again, I'm curious. I I still, part of me just still believes this is all going to be, like, a backdoor pilot to something like the Thunderbolts. Um, you know, <laughs> I it, hope so. There, were, we didn't even get a shot of Batrock the Leaper in this, and we know he's in it, right? Do we, Jim? Do we? I guess yeah. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> or, Whoops. I, okay, so like the thing that actually excited me most about this is just like I love this particular corner of the MCU, right? I love the Captain America corner. So like everything that kind of involves that, of course, Same. the shield is in question. Falcon and Winter Soldier's dynamic is great. Loved that like Sharon Carter is going to be a much bigger part of this. And we're actually going to get fill-ins of like what's been going on with her. And like their whole dynamic is great. I don't need, I saw in the, in the chat, like if, uh, if we think Chris Evans will make an appearance, I, I mean, would it be cool? Sure. I think it would be, you know, really cool, but, but I don't need it. You know, I'm kind of like one, like, like, I don't need RDJ to pop up. I think it would be fine if he did, but like as an AI or something, but I don't need it. You know, I'm good with these new characters. I, I think the spotlight is, is, does them a bigger favor than it does shoehorning Evans in. But I, I'm really excited about this. This looks I mean, really it, good. It feels like it could be something like, like a secret Avengers kind of, yeah. uh, kind of thing and feel, which was, you know, uh, a, a that how book. we get. Is that how we get Moon Knight into the Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> That's that right. There. Moon Knight, uh, member of the first uh, Secret Avengers. Nova um, was a is, member of that team. Just throw yeah, that but, out there too. But that's but that's but that's an, an interesting thing, right? Where like I wonder if this. I mean, the the tough part is that we know that this has to end up with Falcon truly taking the mantle of of Captain. I mean, it freaking better. Yeah, and <laughs> and so if that's <laughs> the case, like. It, the thing, and I actually I posed a question to you guys. Uh, you know, I feel like with some of the other movies or shows, based on what we've learned about them prior to release, we generally have a good idea on where to go as far as comics to read. And honestly, this one has me a little stumped. I don't necessarily know if it's going to potentially repurpose some old 
cap stuff and just have it you know falcon and winter soldier kind of uh take the the lead where what would have been captain america in this part so i'm curious to see if you guys have thoughts if any on on that front i i think that this one seems like they're pulling some of the most random threads of captain america um and it's hard to do because Whereas Captain America is a comic book, it's also one of the most obviously kind of politically tied comic books. And there's been so much that Captain America has done and evolved that has gone with how American society and politics have evolved that you can't just always pull back those things. Like you can't do a Reagan era Captain America story like (laughs) right now. It just doesn't make sense. So it's kind of like they're pulling pieces of that and then trying to fit them for the times. Um, we've had some great comments uh, from people saying the villains, the kind of mass team of villains will be the flag smashers. We've also, but they've also have kind of shades of the uh, grapplers, which is like another kind of obscure team, which of course in- introduces characters like songbird who becomes a thunderbolt. And there's all of that on the table. Like, yeah, there's a whole history of like us agent being five different people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, that's just, the thing. Like there, there's a lot. It's just, and that's the the really interesting thing. Like I feel like when we maybe get a more official, I guess, story trailer, uh, you know, the hopefully we get a, a bit more insight. But I mean, but if you look at it, and, and because Kofi's right, like, and and Jim, you're right too, because this is such a weird space of in between big cap storylines in the comics. Obviously, uh, Falcon has his whole series as being captain america but you know the same with bucky right his whole thing of becoming captain america but we don't actually get to see a lot of the like there wasn't this kind of struggle in the in the comics and like well you're gonna do it or i like it was such a different storyline when these Mm -hmm. two got the shield so they they don't they have a lot to mine but not a lot specifically that you can point to one volume or one book and go hey go read this you'll you'll be in the loop but i also actually think that's what's great about this particular thing because while i enjoy getting to read the comics and and having an overall understanding of like what's happening even when there's a mystery tied to it this is one of the ones where i'm actually just delighted that like i don't know all that because they're pulling from such disparate threads to get to this it's fun it's actually fun to not understand like see everything coming it's actually kind of nice I was going to say as like a casual, obviously I'm expanding my comic book knowledge daily guys. I'm reading like 10 comics a day. You really are. Um, (laughs) uh, But as a casual, you know, person viewing this uh, trailer, I just, I wasn't really excited about Falcon winter soldier in general. I was more pumped about Loki and WandaVision. And I mean, even I'm waiting for black widow to come out. Like there's so many different things to get excited about. This is not up my alley normally. And it was the thing I was most kind of like uh, impartial about. After this trailer, I I was pumped. Like I'm yeah. ready for it. Like I am bouncing off the walls. Like I I feel I feel this intrigue. I feel this you know obvious tension between the two. And there was a question in the chat. This is supposed to be funny. Who is going to win the stare off? It was pretty clear. Winter Soldier <laughs> he won the stare off. Like if you watched it. Look, he, he, he was a, he's, he's a, mind con- a mind control yeah. Soviet <laughs> operative. There's no way you're going to beat that. Yeah, in, uh, in a yeah and Sam is going to stop to flirt. Like, let's yeah. all be honest. So. <laughs> but, that's, but I think one of the biggest things in that trailer, too, that I think is going to be the, one of the biggest selling points is the relationship 
or like the banter between uh, Falcon and uh, and winners and Bucky, right? Like that that pairing is just so good that like to see more of that is really something that uh, I think where everyone can get excited. Yeah, about. And, the series the series can oh, have them just like searching for a name in the phone book for eight episodes. People really <laughs> good. Yeah, really well, good. that's and that's the other thing too, right? This show is probably going to do more in pulling characters out and using characters uh, as like your comic touch points than it will maybe necessarily particular arcs uh, yeah. in, in general. So I think it's going to be like I said, and that and like the Sharon Carter stuff, I, I swear to God, if they make her like a, mo- a mockingbird stand in, we're going to have some problems, but I think that's just more the moment that we saw in, yeah. in the trailer than, uh, than they could. Else. she doesn't need any other code name she has her code name we're we're good uh all right captain uh falcon and the winter soldier anybody had any parting thoughts while we get to the other big marvel series that's uh on our slate right now just really looking forward to it i think they did a great job with the trailer obviously we don't want spoilers in our trailers we want to look forward to it so i think they did a great job and i'm pumped and also like i was a little disappointed because i thought we were going to get more at the super bowl from marvel Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I knew. I thought they were going to be keep it pretty uh, conservative with what they released. So, and then they got like the most trailer views for any streaming show yeah, ever. I'm so glad. there wasn't there wasn't <laughs> much competition. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they're just going to put up the record and, and go home with that. Uh-huh. Um, I just going to say in kind of closing, I did love that Marvel saving some money and giving uh Falcon those old Iron Man rig shots like, oh, yeah. on the head <laughs> while he's flying. I was like, save that money. Yeah, 2020 was hard on everybody. All right. <laughs> keep, let's keep moving on. So, WandaVision. All right. We're going to get into WandaVision, episode five. Obviously, if Rich is in the booth, if you're listening, we're going to drop that spoiler thinging if we spoilers. still have the budget for it. Um, yeah. Or like, yeah, there it is. WandaVision yeah. spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. All right. So, this week, obviously, things got real. I mean, this show keeps getting crazier by the episode. This week got super-duper crazy. Uh, we got to see, for the first time, things going on inside the bubble of the sitcom while things are happening outside the bubble of the sitcom. We had an awesome confrontation between Wanda and Sword. Uh, I can't believe this was all just in one episode. I'm, like, getting discombobulated oh, here. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the big thing we're going to start with was the ending twist which saw Evan Peters show up as Quicksilver. Or, no, I'm sorry, we don't know that yet. That's true, we don't know. Uh, Evan Peters show up ah. and say he is uh, Pietro at the end of an episode as like a sitcom special, long lost brother kind of deal. Well, he doesn't even say that, right? Like, like Wanda, Wanda says it as a like a uh, Pietro, and he actually turns and then his he's head. just like he's just like, go, like, like curious. Goes to yeah, he like, I think there there are so he... many layers to that reveal that I feel like go it in asks more questions than uh, than anything else. The, Go in. What do you like? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it, it, here's the thing, right? I think the, the biggest thing for that is uh, they made it very clear. Wanda said she, or Wanda made it clear whether or not she chooses to do this or not, that death is permanent. Right. And so she cannot bring back her Pietro. Now we have found, right. Like the, the, the mechanic of the door, Right, that that their front doorbell, uh, etc. Is anytime Wanda feels like she needs backup or needs a distraction, something comes running in through that door, right? And like whether it's Agnes or or whoever, that's where that's where it comes from. And so 
in that, like, it could just be a, uh, I believe, like, you know, she she pulled in a PHR. She couldn't bring back hers, but she brought back a PHR. And look, Vision wouldn't necessarily, or I guess Vision would know, but, um, you know, but it, kind of everyone else, I think it, it still kind of raises that question. But there's that moment right before the doorbell rings that Wanda, you know, tries to to make the claim that she's not doing this right and and like yeah, but it, only that particular time well not, right she doesn't well, right. say and so, i haven't been doing it right she says that time she's i didn't do that one right and so and so like so that's the question right like did wanda bring this uh this pietro back is there another force that brought that pietro back that to either like help out or, or, or whatever. There's that law, that bigger play where, right. The prevailing theory is, Oh man, you know, Mephisto. Um, and, but I, I do want to answer the question because I've seen it in the chat and I've seen people taking it. Well, uh, when Wanda said she can't bring people back from the dead and everyone's like, well, she brought vision back from the dead. Vision's not human. Vision is a, a robot, True. uh, a, or a synthesoid. Yeah. That's, so it's, so that definitely that I want to get into yeah. sits outside of, bringing people back and so that's that's how it can very easily be explained why that is happening um but but again like like, there's a lot at play there that it's a very cool moment and i think everyone is kind of on eggshells on is marvel just going to throw this away right because the implications are huge right like this is okay the x-men from the fox films are here like it, it, like is that door fully open? Like, and we know with Deadpool three, you know, uh, coming and being in the MCU, that clearly it's got to have something. You know, something funny is going to happen there. Um, but it could also just be a total red herring. Bringing Pietro. Back. I hope not. Yeah. I hope um, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, the next episodes will kind of determine what this really is—the Mephisto or just whatever force is possibly kind of the overarching force that's controlling this could send its own manifestation in as, as this long lost brother. Uh, and it's just kind of an Easter egg joke that it's Evan Peters. Um, I want to talk about some other theories and things that were mentioned in the chat. Is this going to be the big cameo is, is one of the questions that people are asking. Cause we were teased that there was going to be kind of comparing to the Mandalorian and Luke Skywalker, that we're going to get that level of cameo in this show. So is this a, I think this was talked about on phase zero. You guys kind of went in on whether Evan Peters constitutes a uh, Luke Skywalker level cameo. (laughs) Um, I I love Evan Peters, but I think most people would agree that's maybe not it. We're hearing rumors that it could be one of the uh, Spider-Men who shows up in WandaVision, which is interesting to think because the next, I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming next, but that feels like it's a different thread of phase four it feels like this thread will continue into spider-man three um and we're hearing that 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 connective thread could be made in wandavision by having spider-man show up in wandavision matt how do you feel about spider-man still not getting his own focus and possibly having to share the screen with <laughs> look i'm there I I'm, I'm with matt on that, so go for it, I it. no i hate it i can't that that is like oh the moment i heard spider-man i was like oh my god stop shoehorning it and everything he's become can spider-man has become like the inverse wolverine like wolverine <laughs> appeared in everything and spider-man can't appear in anything by himself <laughs> 
It's like the Spider poor Man's dude. The, Spider-Man's the MCU Wolverine. That's He's it. a marquee character. Like, oh my god, blah. Uh, and, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. I also don't necessarily think that adds anything to this. And that's having Evan Peters. Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and you can say this both as a like Quicksilver as a character is not obviously like Luke Skywalker level of cameo, but for all the things you you both talked about is why it's important, right? It's not about really Quicksilver. It's about the fact that, or, you know, Pietro, it's about the fact that this character is from the Fox side of things. It's such a big thing. It would have been bigger if like things hadn't leaked ahead of time, (laughs) but like it's, you know, and we also, by the way, from, well, okay, I won't go into that, but we know that like, I, this is also not a one-off for him, right? Like we're going to get probably more of him or at least allusions to him in the next episode. So that's a big deal. Maybe that's what she was talking about, which I can't necessarily argue that point because that is a big deal. And I um, think we got to believe too that Doctor Strange is going to show up at some point, and I don't think that's a major a major surprise. How Luke dare you? Kind of reveal, <laughs> but like so, but so I, I saw something get shared around uh, on Twitter. And I forget where I saw it, but it was an interesting uh, uh, moment where we've already ma- you know on the site and have written about the kind of callback of Wanda. Uh, pointing guns back on the people who are pointing guns on her where that's a very Magneto move that we've seen mm-hmm. kind of time and time again. But there is a such a slight detail that I, I didn't catch the first time around where she's holding her power and she kind of flips her hand as she as she does it. Magneto does the same uh, uh, sorry uh, Michael Fassbender's Magneto does the same thing in one of the X-Men movies. And I believe, I, I can't remember which one it is, but I saw the gif and I'm gonna have to share or whatever, but like, it's like that, t- it's too similar to be a coincidence. And I think like- I feel like Pietro, we say that a lot, Jim. But and I know, but like, I've been like, like, yeah, all been in the basement for a long Michael, time. Michael Fassbender's Magneto, <laughs> wait, I believe, wait, wait, wait. is we a Luke stop. Skywalker type reveal. I don't know. I, if I believed every Reddit theory, I would be insane now. And half of it turns out to be not true at all. And it's just a coincidence of a thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. Think, I, I don't if that's true, great. Because Magneto is honestly the one carryover that like, not as like, I need that Magneto, but having Magneto as a character come in is a big deal for me, right? Like that's a big mm-hmm. deal as an X-Men fan, things like that. And what that could pave the way for. Having Fastbender as Magneto, that's, I don't care. Whoa. <laughs> whatever Whoa, <laughs> like that's crazy talk. all right it's, we gotta we gotta stop pay some bills and when we come back we are gonna get even further down this wandavision rabbit hole because there are more theories that we have got to talk about so be sure to stay tuned for that Hot seats on you, Matt. Oh, you didn't catch it. It was on that you. re-intro scared the living daylights out of me. I was reading, and it was like, it just, yeah, startled me. Anyway. Hopefully uh, it didn't right. scare viewers. You guys are just jumping in with us, Comic Book Nation. We are talking WandaVision theories after episode five. We are doing full spoilers, just so you know. So we talked about this cameo and whether Evan Peters is the biggest thing. We've heard Spider-Man. Jim went down the rabbit hole saying we could see somebody like Fassbender's Magneto show up. I still am a believer like that there could be a parenting 
episode to this with the because they had the twin boys and it's a sitcom. You've had the if long James Spader's Ultron doesn't show up. A, I'm throwing a freaking ride. No, I've been on the Ultron train too, but <laughs> not but not as Ultron, but of course as Spader as James showing Spader. up. Yeah. Oh. Um, and there's also theories that Ultron could be at the heart of this because there are traces of him somehow left behind that kind of got into vision and now we're getting into Wanda and, and messing with her and all that stuff. So we're all over the place. Like Matt said, the Reddit theories are everywhere. So why not keep going with this? Um, one thing I wanted to kind of pump are some of the theories we've come up with and cause we've all been in a basement for so long. So I've been going down the rabbit hole with uh, Adam Barnhart who did our wonderful interview with uh, Harry Lennox last episode. Uh, one thing he noticed and kind of came up with that I thought was really good was noticing that Wanda visions commercials. We've all kind of been deciphering them about what kind of traumas Wanda has been through in her life. And like the Stark toaster is when she was trapped in the rubble with the Stark warhead. And, you know, the Hydra watches are obviously about her time being spent or Strucker watches or the, the experiment Strucker did on her. But uh, as Adam has pointed out, these also not only double for the traumas of Wanda's life, but they each kind of also are metaphors for the powers of the infinity stones. So uh, the first one is the smart toaster. And if you remember, the Mind Stone is, Tony says in, in Age of Ultron, the, the Mind Stone is essentially just a smart computer. It's a really advanced kind of computer. So this smart toaster that predicts, you know, not to burn toast and screw things up and do things perfectly is the Mind Stone. The second thing with the watches is obviously the Time Stone. The Hydra Bath Bar, it's this whole thing about transport yourself away and, and go to this other better place you can send yourself and uh that's the space stone obviously and this last one with the gross <laughs> spilled liquid um referencing lagos and captain america civil war is the kind of in change you know for when you've made a mistake and you want to clean it up is obviously about changing reality and it's the red liquid of of the reality stone the aether um so this kind of led to me and, and adam going down a full rabbit hole theory to say <laughs> that there is something at work, I believe, about this being about the Infinity Stones in a kind of weird way because they've started to up these references, right? Like, Sword has that whole conversation about how Wanda could have so powerful. She's the, like one of the most powerful people in the MCU. She could have taken out Thanos if not for, you know, the snap and, all, and, and, and the Infinity Stones. And they mentioned that Carol is the other person who's that powerful uh, before we get to that whole throwaway between, uh, you know, Monica Rambo and Carol, but she's also powered by an infinity stone. So was vision. Um, and so my theory is that there's somebody at work, the infinity stones, Thanos, they could never be completely destroyed, but Thanos just basically atomized them. So nobody can, can get them right. They're gone, but the powers of them are still around. They've been imprinted on various people across the MCU in different ways from star Lord to, you know, different people who, if you were going to collect these powers, like these would be the people you, you would need to kind of mess with Dr. Strange, same thing. So I, I think, and I'm not fully formed on this, but this is going to be about somebody coming along and trying to regain some of these powers of the infinity stone in some form, which Marvel does all the time. They change from eggs to cubes, to this, to stones, to this, and, you know, <laughs> and I hate now there's it a pyramid. Yeah, and now there's a pyramid. <laughs> in forward, like, yeah. So I, I think, really hope not. And I think that, and that led me further down the rabbit hole to kind of uh, Jim pointed out the great scene that when Wanda goes to get Vision's body is a direct reference to Vision Quest, which is his old '80s Avengers West Coast story. Loved it. Yeah, love that story. Um, but at the end of it, what she, what you find out is that the government was taking Vision's body and trying to dismantle it and, and kind of learn from it and engineer from it, and um, but they were being manipulated by Immortus, who is the future version of Kang who messes with Wanda and Vision's life in various ways 
uh, as you find out in stories like Avengers Forever, because Wanda is this thing called a nexus being, which is, you know, getting back to like the hex and the powers um, that she is a nexus being who's this all powerful kind of being in the Marvel universe. And her kids will be all powerful beings too. And that's a threat to Immortus's kind of plans to master time or a necessary component for him to master time. The stories go all over the place. The point is he's the guy who's behind this. We know Kang is coming in to be a big bad in phase four. He's going to be an Ant-Man. There's hints he's already in Loki. Um, his younger alter ego is the guy who forms the young Avengers. So there's room. And what's been fascinating about this is he can be all over the place, right? He can be in literally like three to four places at once, different, depending on his persona. I think that what we're seeing is going to be revealed to be Immortus is messing with a lot of what's going on here. And, and trying to mess with Wanda and, and trying to kind of utilize her power. And this is our first hint of him, but we won't put this together much later. And most people won't even know that Kang and Immortus are the same person until like much later in the phases. But that's where I am in the rabbit hole. Wow. <laughs> Come down here with me. Nope. <laughs> I'm still like take, picking apart the episode in general. Like, honestly, I'm still stuck on like Sparky. I, honestly, I, I'm so excited to find the comics that go along with each episode. Like I immediately after watching this episode jumped over to the vision comics and I've been kind of like crash course oh, reading good. through the entire vision just to get to Sparky, like to try to figure out what Sparky's role is. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting um, to be able to like now go in and be inspired to read the comics. I wish I had done it before the show, but if anybody is like, a, a, you know, just a viewer, like they like to watch the shows and the movies, I highly suggest you jump into some of these comics too. And Matt, I was going to say, you should actually put up guides for what comics people should read. I have been, been point with the idea. The By the way, I will just say that you should never like, I feel like it's supposed to work this way. You're mm -hmm. supposed, this is actually what yeah. we've been wanting for years is that uh, a something based on a comic gains popularity and hits a little bit of mainstream. And it's supposed to make you want to go back to that material and explore that and also just find all the other stuff. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. MCU. So, like, don't ever apologize. comic sales since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the source material is so good. It's yeah. So good. Right. Like, yeah, that's how it's that's where, yeah, that's where I've got a lot of messages, you know, for all the, you know, we go back and forth. I know on this show, we are big Tom King defenders. Uh, I've got a lot of more messages in the last five days about where can I get more Tom King than I think I ever, ever, <laughs> ever have. And just like, there you go. Get those well, sales, Tom King. <laughs> one of the references, even in the chat, Mayhem is saying, I hope White Vision comes out at the end of the show. Uh, part of me thinks that Vision doesn't make it out of the show. And even that is making me go, okay, where do I find White Vision? I need to see <laughs> that's what that, White Vision So that's that West Coast Avengers story that we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 If you've never um, read late, late 80s, like 88 through the early 90s, we Avengers West Coast, those are some of the best Avengers stories like ever. Like, Although what we have learned and kind of going back on this stuff when uh, especially with the introduction of Tommy and uh, in Billy that uh, John Byrne can't draw small children. It's freaking creepy <laughs> as, as, as all hell. Uh, I think Billy was so. so scary in the show, like the child Billy. He was so creepy. He had this evil look on his face. And I was like, is he going to be a bad guy or something? Cause he's just well, I, like, I, but I think that like, like even then, like we didn't, you know, didn't necessarily touch on them as much, but there's definitely something interesting going on there with, uh, 
the with Wanda, you know, being you know, even at the very beginning of the episode where she can't get them to stop crying, mm-hmm. where like it drops that first hint. Why can't like why won't you do what I say? And then uh them aging up seems to be out of her control and <laughs> even more training in their the dog. Control. It seems yeah. like it's it's in his head. He's telling the dog to sit instead of you know, yeah. it, and so and so it's interesting, and that and that's where I think like even the Pietro thing, like there is, we're really starting to. It's more apparent that there is something else at play here. Well, that's that is out of her control. We got to move on. Um, but one thing I wanted to note, and I forgot earlier when Jim was talking, is the important key detail also here is that Monica Rambo scene where she goes and shoots her clothing and says. You know, oh, this yeah. used to be my Kevlar. Wanda cannot create or destroy the things that are there. She can rearrange reality, which is a key kind of small detail, and you know, but one to be remembered. And that goes mm-hmm. back to your thing about Vision. Vision's not truly alive. Mm-hmm. So animating him and making him look in the scene where it drops and he's dead again, that might actually be his actual dead body walking around. Mm-hmm. But just Wanda can, you know, screw around and rearrange it to be what she wants and you know of course he's alive in the sense that like all these people think they're in have another identity like norm and all of these people so um yeah that's a key detail to kind of remember so when you have the twins and things I like hadn't that thought about that that's a that's a great one Cody. yeah she can't make these things like so somebody else is, or something else has to be kind of affecting anything that's who just appears out of nowhere um, that's how they figured out Geraldine was somebody different because they knew she wasn't there and like Wanda didn't make her appear like, you know, she mm-hmm. was somebody else. So, all right. Now's the part I've been waiting for. Oh, I'm going to sit back for a minute. <laughs> Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. We got the full photo of Jared Leto's Joker. We got a connective photo that we had seen before of Ben Affleck's Batman and some details on their scene together in the film. Janelle, go off. What did you think? Oh my gosh. I've seen the full Jared Leto's Joker as the one. If you don't know, Janelle Wheeler is a big stand for Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad. How are you feeling <laughs> about what we see? Well, he's no longer hot. <laughs> like I had a big old crush on Jared Leto Joker. And okay, now, and that's the end of that segment. He's so scary. <laughs> like I, oh, I think man. for me personally, this is one of the scariest looking Jokers. Uh, I know some people, I've read tons of comments. People are kind of wanting the short hair Joker, but you know, he's in Morbius and like it, he's, he loves his long hair. I don't know if that's written into his contract or if he just like, if, <laughs> if that was really the vision, but um, obviously we're hearing lots of different rumors. We're hearing that, you know, what about all of his tattoos? They're not there. I fully believe that he could have gone into another vat of, you know, toxic chemicals and his skin was wiped clean. Um, it doesn't really matter. None of that really matters as long as you go in with an open um, mind. I don't want to disappoint you, but that's exactly what Zack Snyder said. He was like, who cares? Exactly. Well, ex- <laughs> and, and I'm glad he said that because I hope people don't get too caught up in all of that and they can appreciate it. I know that I'm fighting for, you know, his, his uh, right to be Joker, but, you know, apparently there was a lot of really beautiful content that was shot with uh, his previous version of the Joker, and we just never got to see it. And anyone who says he's not a great actor, like, come on, do your research, watch <laughs> the other films. He's nominated, he's award winning, like, he's not a terrible actor. He's a great actor. DC's lucky to have him. And this, I think he's going to do a beautiful job. I don't think we're going to get a lot. I don't think we're going to get like a whole Joker like storyline, but we're going to get a taste of what he had 
up his sleeve. And I'm really excited that he gets to uh, show that. I love that he looks like a butcher. Um, he looks like he just is about to cut someone up on a table. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a lot of very dark makeup around the eyes, very pale skin, um, a lot of dark makeup around his face to make the like smile. Like he just finished eating a whole bunch of ribs. Yes, totally. Yum. Mm. Uh, but it, it, he has the long, stringy hair. He's wearing Got gloves. Uh. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm I'm just so excited to see what he's got. I really I think, am. I think- I well, think there are I mean, some key things. There are some key things to just to, to keep in mind and remember. I'm going to let Matt keep laughing. Um, that uh, so in in the story, I think Vanity Fair had the had the the quotes uh, that this was shot during during the reshoots, and I would imagine yeah. there was limited limited time, and so that probably is why Jared's like, I'm keeping my hair if I'm not if it's like I'm only there for a day of shooting kind of thing. Um, but that like it, it's also something where I think Zach even said like. Jared's Joker wasn't necessarily part of his Justice League movie plan, but it was part of his bigger plan to get Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared yeah. Joker together in, in a room because how could you not, right? Like that's, yeah, that's because of a storyline like about just, killing just Robin. For, yeah, just for larger context, he this is a scene where Zack Snyder set it up. It's going to be Nightmare Batman is going across Nightmare Land and he finds Joker who escaped when, you know, apocalypse happened and ran amok for a while but i guess got bored of slaughtering mm. and so he may be butchering so like you know we might need to wait for a stack of bodies back there so uh but he gets bored and he's just kind of world weary and broken down and this scene is kind of like almost like the interrogation scene between ledger and and bale in the dark knight where joker kind of is analyzing batman at the end of the world and like what he means and what he stood for and all that so like yeah this was something he added purely as fan service because Leto he had and the opportunity Affleck, to. yeah, never got to connect. They were supposed to Justice League was supposed to help set up Ben Affleck's movie, which would eventually connected with him and Leto. And they built that whole mythology with the dead Robin and the Smash Teeth and you know all the stuff that you know that yeah also he describes that sequence like, yeah yeah and it's just like and so they just wanted to do something with it and so we're gonna get this and I'm all for it. I actually like this by the way. I'm, I'm actually all for this whole you know like when he talks a little bit in that interview about, you know, we were going to see like Wayne Manor burned down and we were going to see like how Robin died and all that stuff. That was like some of the more interesting parts of Batman versus Superman. So like, I'm actually glad we're actually going to get a little, you know, whatever little bit remnant this is. I also actually really like, I'm more interested in the other look for Joker that is described, but we don't see, Yeah, which is the, you know, Kevlar vest, with like all the police badges. It's all these grinds described as like all these grimy police badges that he collects as trophies. And he's done this throughout the years. I'm like, I want to see that like look. And and he also says it not as if he's going to be in that particular scene. He says like at other times or something to along those lines to suggest that maybe we get glimpses of him in this other thing of like things he's done during that time, as opposed to him just being in that one sequence. I, or or maybe they just alternate between different versions of Joker in that sequence, but it would seem weird. So I'm actually that's the part I'm actually more excited about than just you know ribs Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue J. <Jay. laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I'm get. I mean, more and more like people have been asking the comments. Um, 
Uh, no, I don't think that no matter how, and I've been having this argument also when I was actually in between the Tom King arguments. It's, it's funny how the show is mirroring my real life. Um, so people have been asking me like, you know, will just, what if Snyder's cut fails and stuff? And I'm like, bro, this can't fail really. They're, like we're past the point of failure. Like this is going to be the biggest movie event we have to this point this year um, in just a couple weeks. It's going to boost HBO Max subscriptions. There will be a boost, like guaranteed. And even if people hate it, like what does what does HBO Max lose? They're going to rope in more people, continue to push this campaign where they're having the exclusive, you know, big release movies. And it's going to go, it's going to be all right for them. But the Snyder Cut, let's just be clear. Like, no, I don't think no matter how on the other side of that, how successful this is, quote unquote, They've made it clear that this is a cul-de-sac, which is a nice way of saying we're doing this just to, so everybody stops complaining and we have closure. And that's what this is. Um, and I think that that's what we all have to take it as. And that seems to be the mindset Snyder has and why he's like including scenes like this Batman Joker scene. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere. We're not going to see Ben Affleck and Jared Leto's Joker play out a larger Batman movie. But hey, here's a nice thing for what could have been, you know, and I think that's how you kind of got to really go into this to appreciate it. So yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm very excited. I love it. Give him his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Know. I was waiting for that. Well, to be fair, like building. to be fair, that was my last question. Does, does Leto deserve a better Joker story, like our Joker movie attempt than what suicide squad was? I yes, mean, but just, not his own. I just obviously. don't think we're, I, I think we're past that ship has sailed and it's, it is what it's, it's going to be at this point. It all ends in the cul-de-sac of the Snyder cut. That's all right. right. <laughs> we do have a question in the chat. Alex is asking any chance of justice league two and three on HBO max. If Snyder cut will succeed. No, that's what I was just like. Yeah, that's just part of what so. I was just answering. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, this is this is your part one, two, three, and four. You get four and we, parts. It's long. It feels yeah, like that, it's right? It's gonna be four parts, and that's gonna be it. And when they say a cul-de-sac, like I said, that's a nice way of saying dead end. This is just the end. You know, it's four parts of my life. I'm never gonna get back. Oh, stop! Move <laughs> on. Jeez. Why don't you? Why don't you be happy? I'm not looking forward to this. Why don't you be a little happier and talk about this week's books? I, you know what? I will. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes, I will. So we're going to talk comics. Uh, it's also split into four parts, ironically, but we did not plan that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're actually going to talk, you know what? We're in the DC universe. Let's talk uh, future states. So starting off with Dark Detective number three. Uh, this, of course, is the story that focuses on Bruce Wayne and what he's been doing since like not being Batman and supposedly being shot. Uh, by the magistrate and we finally oh by the way spoilers coming for these comics so i don't know if we need a fancy graphic again but spoiler <laughs> warning you have you have been warned um so we actually get the long-awaited meeting of bruce and tim and uh it was kind of not what i expected that to be it was it was a very i'll say interesting uh, meetup, but no, I'm, that's not a bad thing. I just it was not what I expected. So uh, underwhelming, Janelle, think? right? I, yeah. Okay. Well, I thought that the the meetup was underwhelming, but I still loved the Ooh, book. I'm on the opposite. I loved it. I think it's the yeah, first time. I, I think we're we're kind of downplaying the significance that this is like the first time Batman's actually confronted somebody else being Batman, yeah. who he doesn't directly control but knows is not 
evil like it's not evil batman yeah right? it's just like be careful yeah, yeah. Bye. i love that like... part. okay that part i love <laughs> the part where he's like uh if you like i forget exactly what he says but he essentially is like i invented that line like i tell people in a very scowling voice what to do you don't get to do that to me which i love like that part i love i just i agree with it's weird i'm in the middle i yeah. I, don't, I didn't love it but i didn't hate it either it was just not what i expected but i'm also I, just talking about that part because the book as a whole was great like i loved great. the way that he kind of talked us through the entire process with his thoughts um i thought they did a great job of laying out the story in that way and not getting I, sometimes with all of the like in inner thought monologue stuff i get kind of like okay this is wordy this is dragging on like this is too much i actually really enjoyed it and i'm very curious to see like the cliffhanger of what is going to happen next is is huge. Like I am chomping at the bit to figure out where the story goes from here because they did leave us on a really big moment where yeah. he's been found out. I hate spoiling. <laughs> no, no, we warned. We warned. I, yes. I know some will get mad still, but not my problem. I told you. So uh, I do love to like the whole dynamic with like the the you know the older man he's living with. And like, I love him. We were just talking dude. about Reddit theories, right? And just like, we went down these rabbit holes. And this dude is like taking that to a whole other degree. And he's right. Like, he ends up being completely right. Like, he hears something, but he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And like, that whole thing is really interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was a really, I think they've done a really good job in this particular book of, of teasing all these little breadcrumbs of like, what exactly happened to Bruce? You know, we still don't really know like how they found out. He was Bruce Wayne, like that's still kind of being teased along the way. So like there's there's some really interesting breadcrumbs. And then we get Dan Moore art on Batman, which I'm always a fan Beautiful. of. Yeah, um, I, I honestly want the Dark Detective stuff to become the regular continuity of Batman right now. I, I really kind of, I stump for this really hard. I really enjoy it. Really it's good. the most interesting Bruce Wayne has been in like mm -hmm. years to me. Um, I love this kind of, noir like actual noir detective thing he has going i love his kind of basic bruiser batman thing i love the odd you know the odd perfect stranger weird not perfect strangers that's a foreign thing but like the kind of odd couple pairing of him in this conspiracy theory nut yeah, that's great who makes you realize that like just how close bruce is to being a nut himself like because that's why they get along so well is that guy's like be doing nutty stuff while he's in the basement like taking apart drones <laughs> doing that crazy stuff um and so yeah this book is really good and like i said i liked the meeting with the other batman because it was the first time that i've seen batman meet have to accept that there is another batman operating and it's not him but it's not a bad thing like it's not an evil Batman he has to stop. And so that was that was pretty good. And I thought they did a good job of just breaking that out of as how Bruce Wayne would deal with that. Agreed. Um, I think yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, let's move over to Marvel. We're going to be fair. Uh, we're going to spread this out. I know we've been loving King and Black here. Uh, so, of course, we were talking about Thunderbolts earlier. Uh, this book is, I mean, this is very much uh, the same type of flavor we've a lot of fans have loved from Thunderbolts uh, in the past. Uh, what did you guys think? Janelle, did you catch up on yes. the first issue too? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going all in. I have this to be probably this, this is probably my favorite King and Black tie-in. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really good. <laughs> it's yeah. it's really, it's really good in a way that just all the other tie-ins feel um 
kind of obligatory in a way that like, oh yeah, you're going to have your Captain America tie-in or whatever. And, you know, it, like, I don't, I don't know as if I care about like those main characters as much in their tie-ins. And I do with like what else is kind of going on in the background while all of this is going on to me, that's always been the, the more interesting aspects of any of the you know, tie-ins for these events. And look, I, look, Matt Rosenberg's just got, he's got a, a knack for these kinds of characters um, that, that just works uh, yeah. in, and it's just the, and not to mention this book looks fantastic too. Like it, it's mm-hmm. just a, an overall great package and gives, and this is a book that I, I truly feel it gives you extra like in about the world of King and black that you don't necessarily get anywhere else. So that's, you know, I really, uh, I really like this one. Yeah, I agree. I think it was very well done. I read uh, both, so I kind of played catch up, and it they read so well together, like just going through. I know that I'm kind of spoiled in that regard. I get to read them all at once, but um, I, I'm really excited because I keep hearing you guys throwing out Thunderbolts for maybe possible Falcon Winter Soldier. And now I honestly, even if you don't have a background and you don't really know a lot about Thunderbolts, if you read this, like I get it. I get the whole gist of who they are, how they work together, where their origins come from. And just because of these books alone, I feel ready to see them if they do somehow slide into anywhere else in the MCU. I'm very pumped about it. And I think it, they did a great job. I love it. I love the King in Black story, though. I'm digging yeah. it. I will say that, like, because I agree with Jim on the on the bigger things of, like, you know, the the big main pillars like Thor having a King in Black tie-in when he's so heavily tied into the main series anyway, or Captain mm-hmm. America, whatever. But I will say uh, the ones that are on kind of the outside have all been stellar. All those type Black Cat has been excellent. Uh, and that has had a, a major plot line in that. But again, it's not front and center. Same way with Marauders. Marauders how that yeah. Yes, they're all obligatory because, yeah, Marvel... It's going to slap that on everything. So they are like mandatory, like for the most part. But I think a lot of the the kind of next tier down books have done a really good job and not in the that's not a derogatory way. That's just like not the like Thor, Captain America, Black Widow books have done a really good job of finding a a niche to be able to explore and still adding to that King of Black story. Again, I think this is great. I also just love that like Rosenberg took characters like Star who yeah. are kind of still trying to find their personalities and, and trying to find that thing that kind of puts them on a path to like cult favorite status. And like, he takes them, you know, this like, of course, like having taskmaster in a book is, is interesting, but like this particular taskmaster, like there's so much, I love the thing. I also just love that any one of these people can die. It's a very suicide squad. Oh yeah. Thing. You you don't yeah. feel like any of these people will probably make it out alive. If one, uh, you know, well, at I the just, beginning, you have a speech saying none of them survived. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and I love yeah. that. So, yeah. And that's uh, like half the humor is like Kingpin totally picking these people who are expendable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also love care. like the Robert Crumb style art for this demented group of characters. In Perfect like, fit. Especially without their masks in, in those scenes in the books. They're just so, it's so great. Yeah, that that part is awesome. Uh, and then, of course, well, we'll stay on Marvel, uh, and we'll we tackled Batman Black and White not crazy long ago, and so uh, Wolverine has its own anthology series. Uh, 
Wolverine black, white, red. And of course, it's the same type of premise. It's all black and white art, but with the addition of red. And so we have three stories here. Um, these stories kind of ranged from like some reached back into Logan's, you know, kind of some of his like earlier history. Others were just complete ridiculousness <laughs> with <laughs> Cosmic Ghost Rider. Like this was a weird mix, but these that's kind of why I like these stories. So like, and, and this is mostly like Janelle, what did you, is there one of these that stuck out to you? Did you oh, feel yeah. a little? I liked the last one. The second one was very difficult to read digitally. I feel um, the artwork. Oh, that's was, not your fault. That's just Chris. Chris hey, always hey. does that to people. Charlo's art is amazing. Happening. This was rough because he needs a color. Yeah. <laughs> he needs I, the colors. It was a little complicated. Thank you, I really, really, really loved the Among Us reference in the last book. Yeah, that was good too. <laughs> <laughs> there, good. There's, it's great because you feel like you're watching like little Among Us guys like in a comic book. It's great. Um, but the last one stood out for me. The first one was kind of just like, wait, what? Like I was very taken aback because the storyline is Wolverine with a child that he adopted that is his and a wife. And it's just a lot to take in. And, <laughs> and it's like, it, it was, it was cool. It was just such a departure from what I had been reading. Mm -hmm. You have to go in really just like loving Wolverine and, and being open to the different stories. Like I would say, take maybe take like a coffee break between each book because you need like a really good reset. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed them. I did. Um, it's really hard to get uh, super into a book without color. Though. Is there one that stuck out to you? I'm guessing. Uh, I like no. the only one I liked was the magic one. Cause that was like kind of that funny. Um, and the art was great, but there, this book made me realize I'm just really unhappy with two things lately. John Ridley writing comic books. I knew and, I had this feeling. And, <laughs> and these black and white issues. Like, oh my God. I, I can't. Like, I just, I, I can't. I, I don't enjoy these. I didn't enjoy the Batman one. I didn't enjoy this one. I just, they feel so self indulgent. Like, Ridley's one's like a, a like a freaking Rashomon Kurosawa film, like wrapped into a thing. It's so dense and layered. It's just like, oh, oh none of this is fun for me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, it's what I appreciate about the format, though. Yeah. Like, I appreciate the anthology format and that, like, look, at least we're not getting, you know, we're not getting full series of this of this stuff. And so it provides us little tasters here. They're like, oh, well, what if so and so, you know, did this or or yeah. did that? Um, and again, like to me, the Wolverine uh, one has been, you know, hit or miss. There have definitely been some stories that I have liked more. Uh, They're all more hit or miss. Than, I than feel others. like you know what I mean. Yeah. That's just that's but that's kind of what that, that's kind of what you get, right? Yeah. At least it wasn't like one shots of these things where you feel you I mean you're paying four ninety nine, three ninety nine for some of these books, and it was a whole issue, and you're like, well, ooh, no, thank you. I'll just you know, because then it wouldn't get me to pick up the next issue. So so like I totally get it, but like I, the anthology format to me is incredibly important in also breaking in new talent and, and exposing uh, uh, folks to, you know, up and coming creative talent in a way that uh, you wouldn't necessarily get elsewhere for sure. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I don't always enjoy, they really are hit and miss and it's the same way with Batman black and white and all of these. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still enjoy the format because you do. And that's actually why I've liked future States backup stories 
format with some of their bigger books, doing that two or three stories. Some of them are slogs, admittedly, but then you'll get a couple that just like, ooh, that sticks out and hopefully people react to it and that yeah. can get its own series. So that's always the hope. So that's comics this week. Uh, I've got a few other small little picks, but we can save those for the end of the show. Yeah, let's speed wrap. We got to get out of here soon, but let's get an update on wrestling. Jim, Matt, take it away. What happened at right. the Royal Rumble? What's happening now? What do people have to look forward to? You got like two to three minutes. <laughs> Jim, what stuck out to you most about the Royal Rumble? Let's start uh, there. I mean, look, we got Edge on all three shows as a result, right? Got Edge on Raw, Edge on SmackDown, Edge on NXT. So uh, that certainly was uh, was was a thing. I don't know if I can if I can buy Edge going to challenge for the NXT title, but I can also see them doing it in a way to try and like put someone over maybe, or like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know where they go with edge. That feels um, important enough. That's the thing. Like I love, I love edge and I'm glad to, you know, see him back in some capacity. I, I just don't, I don't know where he, where he goes. That to me, the more interesting story out of the Royal rumble is obviously all the stuff surrounding Bianca Belair. Like she is, she's got, she is a superstar. And so, well, you don't know, take mine. All right, That's, I've been riding on. I've been on that bandwagon for the yeah, beginning. Don't yeah. for sure. And I, I will. Say, and, I'm and amazed I, you didn't bring up Christian. Oh, oh, oh look. I, I can't get too excited with Christian. I marked out, and that's why I love the Royal Rumble when when moments like that happen, like that the unpredictability and the opportunity for uh, those kinds of surprises and team ups and whatever are are fantastic. I mean, like I don't think anyone would have expected uh, uh, Jillian to show up in the, the Royal Rumble or Victoria in the Women's Royal Rumble. It's yeah. been a, a long time. But when you get those moments, that's what makes it so much fun. And so that's what, what I thought the show overall was really, really good. I just, as we are on the road to WrestleMania, I'm not sure where the road is going just yet. I, I agree. Well, okay. So what I will say about Edge is, one, uh, I'm, I've never been like, I like Edge. I'm not like, diehard edge but edge what I is definitely is, a super is a superstar of a certain era of people who right. watch wrestling very in the same so. way that cena was in what roman is going to be for yeah. for another generation agreed so like i but what i do love is that when he came to nxt and that whole segment that is how you put over other talent yes. in another brand and that is so like completely different from what happened before with charlotte that's not Charlotte's fault. I'm just saying this is how you do it. That brings in attention to what's going to be a great match between Finn Balor and Pete Dunne on this weekend's Vengeance Day. So, like, that's how you do it. That's how you add intrigue. And that's how you rub, essentially, without having to do a match. You don't have to do a match for that. But you, I feel like you've done enough by just, like, hey, you're on the same level as me. I'd like that makes a difference. The carrying cross thing, the same thing afterwards. So I think that's how you do it. I will say Bianca Belair winning that whole the women's Royal Rumble match was the best match of the night. It really was. It was outclassed really good. everything. And that ending is why, because you had two huge talents of Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, two talents who could have credibly won and who are both in need of pushes. And Belair just getting it just sealed the deal. I love that. But I think I that, that, Sasha, that's also Bianca true. Now. Having the final, having the final three be Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca as like a mm-hmm. ki- passing of the torch kind of moment yeah. totally worked. And Charlotte killed it. She yeah. she kills that all the time. So I don't blame her for the other thing. 
I just blame yeah. creative for that. That was a bad yeah. decision. But this was how you do it. Bianca is a star, and I cannot wait for Sasha Bianca because at some point she's going to have the title. And I'm excited for that. She's she's amazing. I can't so that's really, what I especially say. like even if like Becky returns, like like Becky and Bianca oh! I think would, would go would be great. Uh, like there there are so yes. many awesome pairings that I, I can't wait for on that front. That yes uh, are going to oh be a God. lot of fun. All I want is that now. I also I will say I feel like Ripley is going to Raw as much as I would love her to go to SmackDown. I feel like she's going to Raw because that Charlotte thing kind of writes itself. Um, if she can stop being jealous of her dad that whole yeah. weird thing um so yeah so that was royal rumble of course we have vengeance day coming up and then we already have a few matches for elimination chamber so wrestling is not slowing down but that is wrestling all right thank you guys on wrestling that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation we want to thank everybody for tuning in we put up new episodes every wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, all live on Facebook, live on Twitch, live on YouTube now. Got to impress all my nephews. Yeah, we're live <laughs> on YouTube now. If you miss a live show, don't worry about it. They'll all be replayed on each of these platforms. We also put up the article on comicbook.com where you can either listen or watch the show and get links to all the other articles for the theories and all the stuff we, we are going to be talking about on the show. So make sure to check that out. If you want to subscribe, go ahead and just follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can tell your smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll fire it right up for you. If you want to talk to any of us, you can see on the screen if you're watching here or if you're listening. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And I'm at Jim Viscardi. If you're just hopping on the show with season three, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Our five-star reviewers are going to help us clean out our t-shirt closet of merch that's been sitting there like lost gold for a year <laughs> when we finally get back in the office. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to keep Jim busy for like another year. Sending Jim's going to knit snow caps for all of you. Yeah. <laughs> so be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'll do it for this show. Make sure, because all of these discussions, a lot of them will probably uh, filter over into this week's Phase Zero, which you can catch on Friday with Jim, Brandon Davis, Jamie Girac. So when you watch this latest WandaVision, hop over there, talk about it with them. We'll be back next week on Wednesday to get deep geeky with you again on Comic Book Nation. See you then. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.